You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Greetings, everyone, and thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to tune into the show, and I hope that this episode inspires and encourages you on your own journey. Big shout out if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time. I hope that you enjoy it and that you'll perhaps check out some past episodes as well. And for those who are regular listeners, you guys rock. You're amazing. And I always appreciate the support so very much. A big thank you to my incredible sponsors, INLPcenter.org, offering world-class online neuro-linguistic programming and life coach training to people in over 70 countries. I'm honored to be able to receive my certifications from INLP Center and utilize their research and incredible training programs. And to daily recovery support, interactive daily group calls in a safe atmosphere for survivors of complex trauma, equipping you with the skills and information you can use every single day in your healing journey. Learn more about this affordable resource and get signed up at cptsdfoundation.org. If you find these podcasts helpful, please do consider subscribing and leaving a review and sharing it with your friends. That would be so awesome, and I would definitely appreciate it. So today, my guest is Cynthia Chazen. Cynthia is involved with the Stigma Free Zone, a movement started in Paramus, New Jersey by founder Marianne Uzi, and their mission is to inspire public interest and open dialogues about stigma, raise awareness of the local mental health resources available, and break down barriers of mental health in local communities. You'll learn more about some of the mental health struggles that Cynthia has faced in her life and how this grassroots effort can make a difference in communities all across the country and how you can start your own chapter right where you live. All this and so much more. So without further delay, let's join my chat with Cynthia Chazen right now. So hey, Cynthia, welcome to Beyond Your Past. It's great to see you again. How are you? I'm great, Matt. Nice to talk with you. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You and I had originally met at the Healthy Voices Conference. I'm, I've interviewed uh, several since then here on the podcast, and I'm honored to have you here on the show to talk about the uh, Stigma Free Zone initiative and all the work you're doing. So before we get into that, though, why don't we take a little bit of time? You can share more about you, um, what the uh, initiative is, how you got started, and then we'll kind of jump into it. Okay. Uh, I live in New Jersey, and uh, I'm involved in local mental health advocacy through an educational initiative we call the Stigma Free Zones. And it started in Hoboken in uh, NAMI, the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And they uh, went to their uh, local leaders in town, asked the mayor, can we make this town a stigma free zone for mental illness? And they wrote up a resolution and it was Wonderful. They were the first people to do it, and they never did anything else with it. A couple years later, it might even just been a couple months later, I'm not sure, a woman in Paramus, New Jersey, named Mary Ann Uzi, um, heard about this initiative, and she had a lot of concern for the amount of mental health stigma that 
she saw in our local New Jersey communities. And so she took this same idea to the mayor of Paramus, Rich La Barbiera, and together they built a local coalition of volunteers. Uh, they went to the local power brokers, the Bergen County freeholders, who are our governing body, supported this initiative, and our local mental health department uh, under the um, very able work of Michelle Hart Lachlan and the support of our county executive, Jim Tedesco. It really took off, and within five years, all 70 of Bergen County's municipalities have drafted a stigma-free resolution either through their local government or through some volunteer group in town uh, representing the town. So that's the group that I'm involved with locally, and I wanted to take this to um, other places and let other people hear about it, sort of hoping that monkey see, monkey do might spread this good mm -hmm. work. And so I got onto Twitter, and I started an account, and I just called myself, for lack of anything else, the mental health editor. And I started tweeting out about the volunteers uh, of the stigma-free zones, and I also write a newsletter monthly, the Stigma-Free Zone News of New Jersey, and that was my um, part in the initiative. And my Twitter feed uh, really caught fire, and I have 11,000 followers at present, every single one of them real. I vet them <laughs> and make sure that it's not, you know, uh, fake accounts and buy follower kinds of people. And I've just been amazed at the global reach of this message. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at your um, Twitter account right now and there's just, there's so much great information on there. And so definitely worth a follow. I will be sure and put uh, the links to all your information and your social media in the show notes, of course, here when the podcast goes up. So before we get into more of what the stigma free zone uh, initiative does and what it's about. Uh, you had mentioned how you had approached your local governing body about this and they had drafted something and then kind of just dropped the ball on it. But when you approached them initially, uh, what was, what was perhaps their, I guess maybe what was their reaction? You know, were, was there any resistance? Was it something they were really open to? Um, I'm well, almost... I want to be really, really clear, <clears throat> clear, Matt, that I am not the founder of the stigma free zone. I might be considered one of the pillars of the local Bergen County uh, initiative, mm -hmm. but it was Marianne Uzi in Paramus who who went to her mayor and her police chief and her library director and her um, health department, and she said that she didn't have a single person say no, and she got amazing buy-in from everybody that she talked to. This was back in 2013. And immediate support. And she often tells the story, I've heard her say many times um, at stigma-free zone events, that and at the beginning, people would kind of lean into her and whisper and say things like, you know, this is very personal to me. Um, I have somebody in my family. Uh, my husband suffers. My son suffers. You know, I suffer. And she didn't get any kind of negative response. And as a matter of fact, in the five years um, 
that I've been with the initiative and in the five years uh, that they've been working, they just celebrated their fifth anniversary in May uh, of 2018, only one person had a problem. And that was the last mayor uh, of the last municipality in Bergen County who was our sole holdout. So he was number 70 of 70. And he had been approached by members of his police department who felt very strongly that they were interacting with um, a lot of people with mental illness and with autism and with um, you know, behavioral disorders and challenges in their work in the town and that they felt very strongly that they wanted to, to start a stigma-free zone. And the mayor said no. And he turned it into a political football. Um, and frankly, the fight is ongoing, although the mayor did, I think, feel the, the pressure um, from a lot of people, you know, reacting very negatively to him. Several newspaper stories were done about him here in the Bergen County. And I think he got a lot of pushback and a lot of negative feedback. So he decided to create his own stigma-free zone. And he called it the, oh gosh, it was something so ridiculous. Um, He called it the criminal-free stigma-free zone. And, And he was arguing along the lines that people with mental illness are violent and how could he support uh, an was, I think he said we were very loose and we didn't have a centralized um, mission, which is untrue. Uh, but he never spoke to one person in the stigma free movement who we all tried to reach out to him and, and get him to talk to us, and he wouldn't talk to any of us. And he basically turned this into a way to punish his council members who disagreed with him and punish the police department who went ahead and created one anyway. Um, so that was sort of an interesting way to to come to completion here in Bergen County. But, you know, I, I kind of look at it like you're nobody until you have a critic. <laughs> and it added um it added a note to the discussion and that's what the stigma free zones really are about they are about giving people permission to talk about mental illness and related issues such as homelessness and um addiction and you know the problems that many people with mental illness uh suffer from mass incarceration things like that so um We are now stigma-free with 69 regular stigma-free zones in Bergen County and one criminal-free stigma-free zone, which we're not very happy about, but um, elections are coming. That's all I can say. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, for all the progress that, that this country is making, that, that people like you are making to help. Um, you know, everyone who struggles with any kind of mental health challenge, there are still those out there that still just get caught up in, in either politics or, or in old outdated ways of thinking that people who, who have a mental illness, people who have any kind of mental health challenge are violent people. And of course we know that's so, so far from the truth. And I'm glad that the people, you know, that he surrounds himself with were, were standing up to him and hopefully, um, you know, things will work out in your favor to be able to be officially, you know, all 70 under the umbrella of the stigma free zone. Cause I think it's, it's amazing. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that you guys aren't giving up and that, and that you are kind of creating this whole safe space for your community, which is, is just amazing. Like, I, I think it's such a cool idea 
Um, because and, it, and it's just it's just taken off, and it is statewide now. Um, there was just one thing that I wanted to tell you, if I could, mm-hmm. um, about how a stigma-free fo- zone forms. Mm-hmm. Um, what we did was we said that all you have to do to form a stigma-free zone is get a group of one or more persons together who want to create a task force and then pledge to, quote-unquote, do something about mental illness and stigma. And then the do something is up to every individual task force in every individual stigma-free zone that they're creating. And that, Matt, has been the key, I think, to keeping this idea rolling along, growing in number, keeping it fresh, new people joining all the time. And the thing that's really, really powerful about it is that not one of our stigma-free zones are alike. Every single group has decided that there is some particular group of people in their local area, be it first responders or kindergartners or high school students or medical staff, that they want to educate about mental illness. And so we made the decision not to become um, an organization, a 501c3 charity, because we didn't want to get caught up in the bureaucracy. We didn't want to have to search for space. We didn't want to have to pay for for people to work with us. And we didn't want to fundraise. We just wanted to make this something that anybody could adopt. And so when you referred to when I approached my municipality here in the town that I live in, I couldn't get a group together because we're a very tiny little town and everybody, you know, was for the idea, but they, I just couldn't get enough volunteers. And that's when I decided to create my newsletter, the Stigma Free Zone News. And I figured, you know, power of print. I can do just as much as one person in fighting stigma as a, as a task force could. And Right now, my newsletter has 7,000 subscribers across the state, and it's growing every day. So I think it's, yeah, it's so, it's, it's so exciting, right? Yeah, it is. And the message is, is that anybody can join this initiative anywhere, and even one person can make a huge difference. And we have spinoff groups. We have um, inspired... I inspired people through social media, through the mental health editor feed. I have just been absolutely amazed at the reach of this message. Like I said before, uh, one of my favorite things was when I first started tweeting, this young kid on Twitter, he calls himself the science kid, and um, I think he lives in Missouri. I always, I'm I'm so... uh, East Coast elite, I I have this bad habit of, uh, you know, the old New Yorker cover where the world ends at the Hudson River and everything else in America is just waving wheat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he lives in either Missouri or, or I think Michigan. And please, rest of the country, please forgive me. I, I'm terrible at geography, but this young kid, I think he was like 11 years old, reached out to me on Twitter, and I got permission from him to have a phone call with his mom and told her all about the stigma-free zone, and this kid took it to the state legislature. Wow. I mean, an 11-year-old. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And we've had spinoff groups. Uh, 
contact Marianne Uzi. There's a stigma-free zone group in Vancouver, British Columbia. We've done a lot of events and a lot of speaking engagements. And at those, somebody always stands up and says, you know, I want to take this to either my workplace or my uh, local government. And, you know, we, we have groups that are working down in Maryland now. And it's I, I don't really have a firm handle on where all of the ones outside of New Jersey are. It's hard enough just to try to keep track of the people within the state. But the readership um, of the Stigma Free Zone news, uh, through the newsletter and on, I publish it on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, it goes all around the world. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the best ways to use social media, as you know, as a, a, a member of Healthy Voices and an advocate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the power of social media, the power of reaching out and sharing with others and having them share and them share. It just, it's amazing how, how, how quickly something can catch on. And, um, I want to get to your story a little bit too, but before that, so if somebody's listening right now and they're like, hmm, this sounds interesting, like perhaps share a little bit of what kind of events a stigma free zone sure. um, does. Uh, yeah. first, of, first of all, if you want information, you, the good news is, is that you don't have to recreate the wheel. Uh, you don't have to have any permission to join us. We do like it if you can communicate with us and let us know you're there and let us know your news, um, because I like to have something to write about every month. Um, and we like to know the reach. Um, and we'll put you on the newsletter subscription um, if you just follow me on Twitter and DM me an email uh, or like us on Facebook, the SFZ, Stigma Free Zone, I, I abbreviate it, SFZ News of New Jersey has a page. Um, and you can communicate with through us there. And then if you want uh, to use the logo, and we encourage you to use our toolkit, it's up on the Bergen County Division of Health uh, website. And all you have to do is Google Bergen County Division Mental Health Stigma Free Toolkit. And it'll pop right up, and you can download that. And that has all the how-tos, and it has a sample resolution if you want to do a municipal group. It has the logo. It has, you know, all the ideas that we use to get started. We uh, we started, Marian Uzi started this with T-shirts and road signs. You know, this is true grassroots stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the I guess my point is, is that, the tools are out there, and you can take them and use them as you see fit. I think that's amazing. I'll be sure and link that in the show notes as well, and um, so everybody can check it out when they're listening. So, let's talk a little bit yet um, on the on on the podcast here about your story and kind of your experience with mental health, and you know how that influenced you to get started with this movement. Okay, um, I'm not going to tell you the whole story. Because it, yeah, it, it involves other people. And mm-hmm. I, I'll start by saying that even though I'm stigma-free, uh, there is still a lot of risks for some people who, quote-unquote, come out with their mental illness. And I don't think that it's necessary for anybody to be forced to talk about their story um, if they want to participate in the stigma-free zone. We don't ask anybody about their mental health. Um, 
and I think it's really up to the individual. And while I really applaud those who do, especially, you know, the young people on social media who are just talking about it in droves and the kids on YouTube, I I mean, I think it's amazing. And I think that that generation is going to be the generation that changes, really, you know, pushes the needle ahead on this conversation because they get it. Um, But that said, I am open about my own experiences and they uh, are varied. I come from a family with a number of people who suffered with very serious mental health issues. And I myself had postpartum depression for about nine months after the birth of my son in 1995. And I didn't know what it was. And I really suffered. And thank God I had a, a sales job where I worked in the field and could set my own hours, or I probably would have lost my job. Um, and, and finally, I, after going to two doctors back in 1995, a, a friend said to me, Cynthia, do you realize that you have depression? And I was like, really? What's that? And um, I, I finally got you know hooked up with a good doctor and got right on medication. And I, believe me or not, I felt better in two days. So I I was very, very lucky that I had good friends who recognized what were going on, that I had good health care and access to medications, and I was able to make such a a speedy recovery um, because for nine months I just walked around after the birth of my child saying, oh, my God, I know something isn't right, but I don't know what what this is. And my depression was not anything like what you read about and that's why I think we need to continue to educate on this topic because so many people experience mental health issues in a very unique and personal way. I never had a suicidal thought but I felt very, very old and I wasn't weeping all day long. I had sort of the postpartum blues and I was suffering from a terrible lack of sleep. I remember putting cornflakes in my coffee mug and coffee in my cereal bowl one morning. Um, but <laughs> I've done that myself a time or two. Yeah, you know, that can happen to anybody. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, my point is, is it took me a long time to figure out because my symptoms weren't, you know, textbook like what you read about. I never felt suicidal and, I, you know, I wasn't focused on feeling so depressed. I was a busy new mother. I was exhausted. I just felt old and incredibly tired and very fuzzy in my thinking. And the only thing that would happen to me that was out of the ordinary was, besides having to go to bed at six o'clock at night and four o'clock in the afternoon, was I would get lost. I was a salesperson at the time, and I had a, a territory that covered the entire state of New Jersey. And I would find myself getting lost going to my accounts. And, you know, that's just what happens. People with with mental illness have problems with their cognition. And you never know how it's going to manifest in any given person. But, you know, there's a strong message for anybody who, any of what I'm saying, if it resonates with you, there are so many messages that need to be brought out and need to be discussed for people to understand mental illness on the 
on par with, say, Matt, the way they understand cancer or kidney disease or, or diabetes because it hasn't even begun to be cracked, you know? Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're just really in the infancy of starting to educate people all around the world. And, you know, critics might say, well, gee, why are you putting this responsibility onto regular people? And I would answer and say, because in this day and age with, Google and good resources at our fingertips, anybody can educate. And on my mental health feed, I often uh, make that statement, anyone can educate about mental illness and stigma, and everyone who feels, you know, um, strongly about it should. And like I said at the beginning of the, the podcast in my introduction, we we don't just talk about mental um, we talk about homelessness, we talk about addiction, we talk about PTSD and first responders, we talk about anxiety and school refusal in children. Um, there are so many, so many issues. And then there's mental health parity and insurance issues, and there's pharmaceutical issues, and there's a lack of funding for worldwide research, and there is a worldwide lack and shortage of providers. And I spend a lot of my time tweeting at the medical establishment because social media gives me that access. And as a result, I have the Mayo Clinic following. I have the World Health Organization following. And it's like, why are they following some fat old housewife from New Jersey? Well, because the fat old housewife from New Jersey has a message and nobody else may be putting it out there for that particular person, and so they see me talking about it, and at least it's cracking open the the conversation, and that's all I want to do because that's all I'm trained to do. I'm not a social worker. I'm not a clinician. I am a peer who has experienced postpartum depression. I am a sister who has lost a brother to suicide. Um, I have watched him, my brother, uh, suffer with serious untreated mental illness for 30 years, try everything, and never succeed in getting it under control. Um, so I know it from a lot of angles, and so do a lot of other people out there. So I really feel that the message is, is that this just has to be a global conversation, and everybody needs to be educated because the problem is so huge, and there are so many facets to it that have yet to be explored and discussed and understood. And it really is everybody's responsibility if they're passionate about making this a better world for people with this disability to get it out there. Yeah, I cannot agree more uh, with what you're saying. It's just your message is true and you know, I, I one of the things that you mentioned that I think is is so important now is you're right. You don't have to have a a degree in order to be able to share and educate. I know there are so many people that I follow on social media. So many, so many people out there who are making a difference, who are literally just doing nothing more than just talking about their experiences every single day on YouTube right. and on you know Instagram and on Twitter and just sharing. And that kind of vulnerability is what is what allows people to to relate to you and then they feel like they're not alone and that's one of the biggest things that we can do to you know to overcome the fear of 
of seeking help mm-hmm. is, is feeling like we're not alone. Right. And if that's powerful online, the stigma-free zone, I think, takes it one step further because our mission is to educate locally. And there's nothing like you, you you alluded to before, like creating a safe space in your own community for people. And it's so powerful. And I know for a fact that our group of volunteers here in Bergen County has saved people's lives because we've had people tell us. Um, and I just think that, you know, you, somebody has to be encouraging the powers that be to think about this because, you know, who wakes up in the morning besides me and probably you and the people at Healthy Voices uh, and says, gee, who, who can I talk to about mental illness today? You know, that is an, an unusual mission. Um, and it gets planted in people's hearts for different reasons. But for me, it's just like I feel like it's a calling. I feel like I understand it, and I'm able to talk about it, and I'm comfortable talking about it. And I know that it helps people. I also know that it makes some people uncomfortable. But luckily, I'm at the age where I've kind of gotten over wanting to be liked by everybody. So I can live (laughs) with that. You mentioned about how making a difference locally in your own communities and in your own neighborhood is huge because, you know, so often those who struggle with with mental illness are stuck at home. They're isolated. They feel like they don't want to go out. They feel like they're being judged or like, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't contribute to society or any kind of things. And when Mm -hmm. you can create a community where people feel like they're not going to be judged, like they're accepted like everybody else, Mm -hmm. you know, you gain more confidence in yourself. You present to the world differently. You're more apt to go out and do things and engage in the community and share your voice because you know that. Yeah. I mean, because like, I mean, Yes, you are supported, you know, and I mean, and then there, online, there's a faction out there that isn't judging you. That's exactly right. And, you know, being online, there are so many out there who will support you, but you still have to go out in, in your local community and go to school, go to work, do things that, that, that you always do. And, and, and that, there, like, no better place yep. for anybody who's passionate to start a, to start a stigma free zone. You, you've asked me the question a couple times and before we run out of time, I would like to sort of answer your question about the kind of events that we've done yes, and mm-hmm. the kind of uh, stigma-free zones that we have. Give you a couple more examples. Uh, we have those municipal groups, and they usually pass a resolution and say, hey, we're going to be a stigma-free zone, and then they have to do something, quote-unquote, do something. That's, you know, their pledge. And so they ha- usually end up creating an event, and it could be putting up a brochure rack in the town hall. It could be... Um, creating a stigma-free health education committee in your health department in your town. It could be marching in the Cub Scout parade or the 4th of July parade in your town. We have held town hall events where uh, we have invited the public to come in and we've put up panels from local health organizations and bring in social workers and clinicians and uh, advocates and pick a topic and invite the public in to talk about it. I have hosted um, interfaith roundtables to get churches and mosques and synagogues involved because that's a place where people flock when they're in crisis and they need support. So we've aimed events at the religious community. Um, Here as a personal advocate on Twitter, I have directly tweeted executives from my local hospitals 
and asked them to join when for years they were not joining. <clears throat> and that worked very well. Uh, Hackensack University Medical Center here in northern New Jersey is our biggest hospital and one of the largest hospitals in the state. And we've been chugging along here for five years, and they never joined us. And I saw that they are thinking about getting into the mental health game by um, merging with the carrier clinic in Bellmead, which is a very, very large provider. And so I tweeted the CEO and said, you know, we've been trying to reach out to you uh, as a hospital for years to get you to officially become a stigma-free zone. And, you know, anytime you'd like to talk to us about that, you know, we're here for you. And my phone rang the next day. And I had a conversation with the PR person there, and it took a couple of weeks for her to send it up the, the chain of decision-making in the hospital. And they talked about it and got back to me. And they got back to me a couple times, and one of their questions was, well, what do you want us to do as our do something? And I said, no, no, the do something is up to you. You have to decide as a group what group you are passionate about helping and who you see needs help. And may I suggest that there's no better place than to start on your own campus and start with yourselves. And they took that message to heart and got back to me and said, we're joining and what we're going to do is we're going to create a mental health and anti-suicide program for our hospital residents, which are a group of mostly people out of medical school who are, you know, practically living in the hospital, work, working, being incredibly overworked. They're tired, they're overworked, and they're at a very high risk for suicide and mental health problems. And this hospital has taken it upon themselves to create a stigma-free zone for those people. And I think that that is like a perfect example of how powerful a little grassroots idea can become. I could not agree more. The power of just sending out a tweet to somebody and have them get back to you. You never know who's going to read, who's going to respond, who's going to be empowered, who's going to be moved to try and make a difference in the way that you and your amazing team have been. And Cynthia, this has just been awesome. I'm so glad that you came on the show today to share more about this. Uh, before we wrap it up, uh, if you can let us know again where to find out more information, how to contact you, social sure. media, that would be great. Sure. And I just do want to end again by saying that I am not the founder. <clears throat> Maybe I'm the social media voice uh, of the movement, but at Marianne Izzy of Paramus, Nami Hoboken, County Executive of Bergen, Jim Tedesco, and our mental health department uh, powerhouse, Michelle Hart Lachlan, are all equally responsible for this, along with all the other wonderful groups, hospitals, first responders, schools, houses of worship, and local leaders who along the way have joined. Um, so it really is not me. <clears throat> it's just me talking about them. And if you want to learn more, again, please uh, just Google the Bergen County Division of Health, uh, Google Stigma-Free Zone Toolkit, and it will pop up for you as a download, and that's where you can find the logo and the how-tos so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can reach out to us on several Facebook pages, the Stigma-Free Zone SFZ Stigma Free Zone News of New Jersey is where you can read my newsletter online if you don't want to subscribe. You can also find the Paramus Stigma Free Zone Facebook page, which is where you can find Marianne Uzi, our founder, if you want to ask her questions. 
um, you can reach out to the Bergen County Division of Mental Health and ask for Michelle Hart Lachlan. If you're a municipality and you want some help with that, Michelle has been the person who helped all of our municipalities through that step. Um, And you can read my 24-7 brain and mental illness global feed on Twitter at uh, Sin Chazen, C-Y-N Chazen, C-H-A-Z-E-N, or just type in The Mental Health Editor and you will see me and you can read about this movement and you can also see global retweets from other advocates and other organizations and get educated about mental illness and related issues. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only and is not a substitute for or supersedes professional medical help or mental health counseling. Thank you again to my sponsors, INLPcenter.org and Daily Recovery Support. I hope you'll consider checking them out as they've joined forces to help keep the lights on here at the podcast and help Beyond Your Past reach as many as possible with a message of hope. If you'd like to learn more about working with me as your coach, or if you're curious about what life coaching is and how it might be right for you, then head on over to beyondyourpast.com and claim your free one-hour session where we can talk about the struggles in your life in the areas of anxiety and trauma recovery and see if coaching might be a great fit for you. Thanks again for listening, and I do hope that you'll subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with all your friends. See you next time.